So, don't break, don't break your back. Don't break my back. Honestly, like, I need to do <laughs> yoga or something because this is like, it's just not good. Like, every time I, every time I move, like, I'll be, I'm kneeling down now. I guarantee when I get up, my knees are gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's that's part of being almost thirty. I, don't, don't leak my age. <laughs> are you already recording right now? Yeah, mate. I'm I'm recording. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, no, usually I just start, I just hit play and then see where it flows in best and, like, already we're off to a start, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I mean, I've just turned 27 now and, honestly, I had a bit of a crisis when I, when I turned 27 because 27, for some reason, sounds a lot closer to 30 than 26. It doesn't get better, to be honest, and I had the same feeling as you. I turned 27 when I arrived in the uk so for me it was like wow i'm 27 now i changed countries it was a big step yeah so you're are you 29 now i'm 29 next week this week oh yeah yeah next, yeah yeah the bro, bro has already forgotten to come to my birthday <laughs> yeah mate. <laughs> get to live uh <laughs> damn yeah i know i missed i mean that you must be feeling really rough then <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be like, this is my final, you know, year before I go 30. Oh, mate. Before I become an old man. It, <laughs> it scares me to even think about about that. I just feel like I'm already, like, ancient, and I just, I, I'm doing a lot more to try and, try and be a bit healthier at least, but it's still not, it still doesn't feel enough. I feel like I'm too late to the party to do that kind of thing. I think it's all right to be honest. Like, it does put you in perspective, you know, with uh, your projects and your goals in life. But I do feel like if you think too much about the age you are and how others, you know, is and where they are in their life, like you can't really live right. Comparison is the is the the killer of joy. Yo, <laughs> already hitting us with the the wisdom. Do you know what? I was sat there thinking, oh, I'm sure I've heard like some sort of a saying around comparison recently, and yeah, that that is it's exactly that. Isn't it? Like I've been comparing myself too much recently, and and yeah, it it does it ruins you because you just you permanently feel like you're behind everyone, and oh, so yeah, thanks thanks for dishing that knowledge out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I kind of learn this year because I was seeing the way that you were saying, right? Like I was like, I'm almost 30, you know, no one in my life yet, but I was more focused on who I am and if I was happy by myself and then the rest will just come in. If you're happy and you love yourself, things will go along. See, this is why I like our conversations because you know, most people you speak to would be like, oh, yeah, so polygons and, and tri-count and stuff. But no, we, when we speak, we get into the nitty gritty of what it what it means to be happy. Mm. <laughs> These sorts of topics that are quite hard to discuss. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, I'm going to quickly, I'll, I'll introduce you because like, I feel like we've already been. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so um, welcome everyone to um, the Game Dev Origins podcast. 
Um, I'm Lewis Thompson, and I'm currently speaking to you from my bedroom floor because my PC motherboard's died. Um, and this week we have uh, Thomas Laponce joining us, who is a senior props artist at CIG, just like me. We are, Hello, everyone. <laughs> we're literally the only two people to hold that title currently, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so... To, to, to my opinion, like, when I see the job of others, you know, like close friends and other props artists, I think there should be more pro seniors. Like they definitely have the level to be a senior, in my opinion. Yeah, I think to be honest, everyone that we we currently work with on the prop side is is operating at that level. Yeah, or, or at least close to it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's rough because like in an ideal world, everyone would just progress like at the same rate and. But, but but you can't have that because you just have all all seniors. There'd be no like rank or anything in the team. It, it just. But you know you know what it is as well. I think in my opinion is that we were such in a balanced team before because we used to work in the same team. For the ones that doesn't know about it, that listening, we were in the same team before, and we kind of like work together all the time. Like literally, we were really close, and I think we just brought each other's really high in terms of level of art of how to you know face uh, issues in the work um how to behave and something how to behave not how to behave really really but you know what i mean like we kind of mature all together at the same time and i think that's why i think like it's a bit strange to be called like i am a senior but you are not yet <laughs> which is i always felt kind of like uh, like this even with Sophie, for example, like for me, she was definitely a senior, but she was close to it. She was pro art history, right? But yeah, I mean, when, I mean, in general, I, I never, I never really see it as like a, I don't know. I, I, I kind of all see us all as equals, really. Like, I don't yeah, know yeah. any kind of difference in the, you know, for example, you give any of us a task, we'll all manage to get it done one way or another. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's even any difference, really. I kind of just see it more as like a a measure of time, but you mm -hmm. know, being being together in that in that core group was awesome because you're able to just basically, you know, learn from each other. Really, you know, working in close proximity, and and you'd see someone kind of use a like a technique or a tool and and develop that. And we've we've lost a bit of that more now, um, but we've also had to kind of mature in other ways and learn to deal with things on our own, which I think has built. You know, all of I think we've all gone through a dramatic change this year. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, together, which has been, yeah, it's been a learning experience for sure. Um, for for those who listen as well, like um, Louis right now is still working on Star Citizen, and I'm joined the Squadron Forty Two R team, so we are definitely on yeah the same company but two different games. Yeah, and it's it. It's wildly different as well, like yeah. different circumstances. Um, we more or less do the same thing, but we don't have the same responsibilities now. Yeah. It, it's kind of like you still do, like, for example, all the entities and stuff like that. Whereas, like, on my side, I'm way much more focused on the art now. And it's kind of like a different approach. That's why sometimes I'm like, am I really a senior when I see all the good shit that Lewis can do now? It's like, <laughs> you, you, you always compare, but like I was saying earlier, like comparison is the key of joy. So 
it's, it's just that we do have different kill set this time, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's the, I think that's the thing, really. Like, you know, prop artists in the game industry, like you have an idea of what it is, but across different companies, across different projects, across different teams, it's gonna it's gonna be different. And yeah, you know, like, like you said, you're focused way more on the art now, and I've gone down like almost a more like tech arty kind of route. Yeah, I'm not necessarily doing like the craziest art, but I'm I'm getting. I mean, you still do crazy shit, huh, man. <laughs> every time i see your your portfolio your you know your weapons and stuff i'm like bro that's ah you're too kind but no i'm not I too mean, kind i'm just realistic that's the uh that's just outside isn't it that's, that's what you do like um you know i think everyone everyone does stuff to try and keep their skills sharp because like you know more recently um you know, I've been dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome and like my personal work is part of kind of balancing that out and just reassuring myself that I'm not getting crap at art because when you're doing like technical stuff, um, you know, it feels like the the more artistic side of me is starting to slide a bit. Yeah, I would say it's more, you know, like what's making a senior, in my opinion, as well, on top of being a good artist, right? Being a good artist is good, but it's the whole the approach you have towards work. Like, if you can, you know, micromanage yourself, um, taking care of others, being humble, organized, stuff like this, right? Yeah. And it, uh, when I see you, uh, for example, when you work and stuff like this, I'm always like, he's being so organized <laughs> and so well, you know, spoken <laughs> when we are in meetings and stuff like this. Definitely not and, the case. <laughs> I do feel like this at least for you each time I, you know, with the marketing team, for example, and stuff like this. I'm, I'm just good at bullshitting people. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> you just got to be good at making it look like you know what you're doing. That's, that's mm-hmm. the game industry. It's fake it, fake it till you make it. I think that's something that's been very key to, to me at least. Um, yeah. At first, I had the imposter syndrome as well when I got senior because, like, the first thing, right, I did when I negotiated for my senior role was um they were not sure to give it to me at first and i told them that's fine i don't mind if you want me to still prove it but i do want a race <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we are living in a tough world especially in manchester now so i was telling them like if you want me to prove myself a bit more longer that's fine but i'm not gonna wait for six more months and even even though like I, you know i've proven myself and in the end, they were like, well, we tried to see, see what you were doing and stuff. And we were like, shit, he's actually doing senior stuff. So, and at first, uh, you know, I was feeling like, am I really a senior now? <laughs> 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 and I, you know, I was seeing how much work you were, you and Dan doing. And, and I was like, I just entered the industry and it's just been like, what, two years? And I'm already a senior. And I was kind of like feeling like an imposter syndrome as well because of that. Like, I've been working before, for those who don't know, um, in marketing before. So I was really doing like architecture, um, images or uh, advertisement and stuff like this. I was doing mainly on Unreal Engine stuff. Like it was VR projects and stuff like this. 
but I was I never had like an, any experience in video games. How long were you doing that for? That company, it was like for four years in total. And that was my first job ever uh, after going out to school. So yeah, you know, I when I applied everywhere uh, to get a job in the industry and I finally got mine in CIG. And uh, two years later, I'm a senior. I'm like, is it just like all this work paid off? <laughs> or am I just like lucky? But I know in the end, like I've been talking with you and I was making, you know, self-retrospection of my work and stuff. And I, and I know that I deserve it. It's not like a lack of confidence or something, but it's just the, um, you know, the, um, this imposter syndrome, like you were saying. Yeah. It's something that definitely everyone, everyone suffers with. Like, uh, I, I was speaking to, um, so, well, John Turl, um, he, he was meant to be this week's podcast, but I called you in last minute because of my PC emergency. Don't but, worry. But, um, John, John Turl, um, who will be on the week after, after you, he, he's, uh, the head of a game studio. Um, and, you know, we spoke a lot about that and, you know, the imposter syndrome, even when you're at that level, it, it never goes away. It's something that I feel like everyone deals with a lot. Um, mm-hmm. something that I know I like talking to people about it because, um, you know, it, Sometimes it feels like you're the only one that's going through this kind of stuff, right? But but it, yeah, yeah. You know, every, I feel like everyone is. You know, some people are more vocal about it than others. Um, but yeah, I think people need to talk about it a lot more because yeah, I I had such like a strange uh, path to the industry. It feels like it's like a you know a succession of luck in a way. Fine luck, no, but there's there was hard hard work as well. But in the end, it was kind of luck. It's because Dan said, Hey, Corey, give this guy a chance that I got the job, literally. Because if he didn't say that, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. Like, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was leaving high school and I when I had to decide what I wanted to be, I literally didn't really know. Um, I wanted to be a pilot at first. <laughs> Like a fly pilot, but because of my, yep, I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be in the army and stuff to do that, but because of my bad sight, it was like just a no. At least in Belgium, if you don't know, I'm from Belgium. Um, they were like really strict about it. They're like even if you have a correction and fix your eyes, you can't. Um, so I wanted to be like a, a pilot for you know like regular flights and. But again, it was like really expensive to learn to fly. It was around like 25,000. Um, at the time, at least I don't know how about today, but if you and we didn't have like airliners and stuff. It's, it's airliners. Like, yeah. It's about a hundred and 140,000 pounds to learn to be a, an airline pilot from what I, I saw in the UK. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mate. No, no. <laughs> in, in Belgium, it was like 25,000 something, but. My parents didn't have them the money. And I already talked about this with them when I was younger. And they were like, oh, we're going to take a loan and stuff. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> I don't want you to go to that rabbit hole. So I just tried to find, I just tried to find something else that I was happy to do. Yeah. And since I'm like 12, I think I've always done drawing. 
to give you an anecdote, like I learned to draw before speaking <laughs> when I was a kid. And I kind of like thought, you know what? I always like drawing. So, so why not becoming a comic book artist or something? Yeah. Um, so I went to school, learned to draw and stuff like that. And I learned 3D because it was like one of the things that we had to learn. And I just fell in love with it. I was like, well, shit, that's way cooler than doing <laughs> comic book art. <laughs> and I just went into it, learned really hard to do that. I wanted at first to go into the movie industry. Um, into like VFX and stuff. and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but in my school, that's, that's the thing, right? Like in Belgium, I don't know, in the UK, but education around all job is not really amazing. Um, so they don't really know how to guide you to where you are kind of like wanting to be. And I always wanted to work in the industry and so on. And my school felt more like an introduction to the industry rather than an actual, you know, um, education about the industry. And was this, um, was this university level in Belgium? Yeah, bachelor degree yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I've done three years there. After two years, I was already like more advanced than my teachers. <laughs> not gonna lie, but I did wanted to work in, in, v, in VFX at first. And after working in that marketing studio and stuff, right? After two years, I was already like feeling I'm not really into it. Like Wasn't it's kind of like VFX. What do you say? Sorry. Wasn't scratching what? that itch. What do you mean by that? Uh, it's, it's like a term, like so. So when you do see it, it's like satisfying. It, it scratches the itch. Yeah. So, so that the VFX side of it wasn't scratching your itch. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do. I, I do think it's because I wasn't really f- working in something that was a real production of VFX, if that makes sense. Because working in marketing and working in an actual, you know, studio is not the same. Yeah. Um, my best friend uh, worked at, at ILM and stuff, right? Like now he's in, in frame store in, in Melbourne. And I could see how it is to work in those industries. And I think I would have liked it, but I would have liked to be more of a modeler or something like this because it's way much more everyone has their role. And at the time, you know, I didn't really want know where to go in the industry. I knew it would be artistic, but I didn't know, um, how to get in and stuff. It, it was a bit hard, a hard time because I was split into, I want to do VFX uh, and I want to do video games because the both of them, I loved the way to work. Yeah. Um, so when I left the the school and I went to the studio, I realized really quick that I was not into um, this kind of jobs. <laughs> At least not in Belgium, I felt really restricted. Um, working with clients and stuff was not my thing. Um, I just wanted to do art in the end and I couldn't really do that in my, that job. Was it, a, was it a hard decision to decide to move to the UK? <sighs> not really. I was gonna, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you because I always felt like I wanted to, to travel and I always wanted to, find other places and stuff. I do think that I will come back in Europe at some point to live the rest of my life. Um, you fed up of the weather? Hmm? You fed up of the weather? 
<laughs> in, in, in the UK, I mean. Yeah. Ah, it's the same in Belgium. It's just, it's, it's raining just a tiny bit much more. <laughs> it, but it's literally the same. You don't even imagine. It's, yeah. <laughs> but um, I left uh, that studio and for reasons that I could take a long time to talk about. But um, it wasn't really healthy for me. And I was not feeling happy over there. And I think it's important for anyone who listens to, and that's one of the things I really wanted to brought up is if you are not feeling well somewhere, I know it's like, oh yeah, it's easy to just say I'm not leaving. But if you can do it, because it's just going to roast your self worth and you're just going to, you know, not be happy. And you should always like try at least as much as you can to do what you love to do. Like I went to a point that I was burned out and I almost dropped 3D art completely because I was like, is this really like that? We're working in, in this kind of, you know, environment, uh, 3D art or anything like that. And at some point I, I had a big discussion with my dad at the time. And so it was really before CIG and stuff. Huh? And when I dropped that job, he told me, okay, let's have a plan. And I think it's important for everyone to listen to that. Always have like plan B, C, D, E, F. <laughs> um, because my plan A was I left that job. I have like a self, unemployment money that was there for a year. In Belgium, it works like that. After a year, it just drops down, uh, lower and lower and lower just to force you to find a job. And I had like a year to find a job. And if I can find a job, my plan B was to go back to school, uh, to do that job, to do, you know, working in the industry. And lucky enough, I left that job in uh, June. And uh, in May next year, I got a response from CIG saying, do you want to do an art test for us? I said, yes. Like uh, after doing my art test, I was offered a job a month before having to choose and um, and sign for school. And, and there I am. <laughs> and there he is. Yeah. Man, that's... Oh. So I'm sorry if you can hear me like shifting about by the way I'm trying to like no no I know you are just <laughs> sitting I'm on like, the floor I'm battling pins and needles right now really badly it's it's uh it's horrible mm. so just going back to something you said earlier because you said that you were you did, you know you you so you applied for CIG and and you said that Dan was the one that that basically convinced Corey to give you a give you a chance Corey's our yeah. our, our lead at the time um, yeah. Did you so? Do you do you feel like that devalued, like your entry in any way? Because you said that you know, back when you mentioned it, you almost it, it sounded like you felt it it had like a it, it was luck rather than your own skill, right? But you did an art test, and you passed that art test, so. I would, like I would say, it's, I would say to answer your question that it's more about 
having applied, and I'm not even joking if I had to calculate the number of um, application I've done for a job in the industry, just to give me a chance in junior, even though I already had like four or five years of experience working in the industry, in the industry as a 3D artist, even if it was for marketing, I was still using an engine quite efficiently. I was doing still environment art for clients, but it was still environment art, you know? Just to give you a, like a, an anecdote, like I'm not going to say the studio, but the lead from a studio <laughs> for, saw my job and found, found the stuff I was doing. And he said, no, but I want actual images from an engine. And I told him, but that's images from an engine. He didn't believe me. And he thought I was coming him with like rendering images, like pre-calculated images. And I told him, no, no, that this is actual images from Unreal Engine that I did, and you can walk around and stuff in VR even. And he didn't believe me. <laughs> and he, I was like... Did he not take a look at the project? Like He, he didn't want to. He thought I was just coming in. He thought you were straight up bullshitting him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, well, but to be... Go for it, sorry. Sorry, his loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just to answer to your question fully, it's like, I think at the time, at least when I was trying to apply, I did feel a lot of people didn't give any chances for you to do, for you to prove yourself. And it really frustrated me at the time um, because even if you offer, you know, an artist, like literally on the 100 times I've applied for a job in the industry, I always got the answer of uh, the automatic answer. Yeah. And it really felt like frustrating of like, you know, the answer was always like, you don't have enough like experience and stuff. And I'm like, bro, like, okay. Yeah. It, it was not in video game industry, but you could see that I have four years of using Unreal Engine, even if it's not in the same, you know, purpose of, um, an actual shipping game or something, right? It's still using the same tool for the same purpose in a way. Yeah. It's just that I needed to, the only thing I really felt like I learned, uh, when I joined the company, the difference with my previous job was, uh, being more efficient in my modeling and to optimize. Yeah. That's literally the two only thing I would say I really learned the hard way. But after that, it's like, quite something that you can really quickly learn and at least after like a month I was done with it I already knew the idea and the logic it's not something that is like hard to understand but like, yeah so, here you go, sorry I was going to say I feel like companies have that really like there's just not any well there are there's, there's a few positions you can get at companies to, to, to develop those skills but they really do save them for only the best of the best and it feels so so unfair um, yeah i think that's why it's so good to um to speak about these things because obviously like for you you had four years experience at another company using like the same tools right um <clears throat> and some places still won't take a chance on you um 
you know, I, I came out of university after doing three years of, you know, game related stuff, still didn't mm. get anything. I had to leave the country to, to find a better opportunity. Um, and, you know, we see this, we see thousands of, of uni students now coming out of university and still not getting those opportunities. Um, yeah. You know, we, we, I mean, for example, at CIG, we've got, you know, like an internship program that we run with um, the Game Assembly from Sweden. Um, and, you know, the quality of those guys' work is is insane. And, you know, they're getting the opportunities because they've got that insane quality. But it just makes it so much more difficult for, for those, you know, taking those university degrees or training in the UK that just haven't got that edge. Yeah. And there's just nowhere near enough enough uh you know junior jobs to fill that demand and to be honest um when i applied for cig i feel like it was it was easier to get my second job in the game industry than the first job and obviously that's because of the experience but i i often think it shouldn't be that way i think you know you should be given those those opportunities to to prove yourself and providing you have the right mindset pick that over the work quality right because um, there's a lot of people out there that have insane work quality uh, and their work is fantastic, but they're just so hard to get on with and, and hard to, they're not team players. They come with like an ego and, yeah, you know, I think you agree with that. Want. And, you know, a lot of those university students, yes, their work might not be amazing or necessarily relevant, but they'll bring a lot more passion and motivation to the team because it's what they want they want to switch industry for a reason, you know, and if they've got the tools and mindset knowledge, like, like you have, um, you know, it's just proof. I mean, you've worked your way up to, to senior props artist now. Um, and you're literally leading, you know, prop side on the, uh, on, on the squadron 42 front. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, that's, yeah, that's the thing I always felt like kind of bad about, you know, junior artists. I don't know about you on your side, but for me, when I get contacted by juniors or anyone from, you know, uh, LinkedIn or something, I always try to give them a bit of, you know, an answer because I know when you have not like got the the chance to put the money on a big school because everyone has a different story, right? Like you can have people that had like, but funded and had the money just got in school and just self-taught themselves because literally to work in the video game, you know, workflow and stuff, because I, that's not what I learned, right? Like I learned for VFX, the whole process of how to work for video games. I had to learn it on my own. Every day when I was coming back from work, I was working. <laughs> um, I literally didn't have any time for my family. No, I did. I- I'm going to lie here. But I did took time for myself. But I always thought, like, I need to at least work an hour when I come back from work on myself and my skills. Yeah. Even if it was, it was just, like, I had this tiny prop and I want to do a baking and if I didn't know how to do a bake, then I would just learn how to bake or how to do this on, on 3ds max or something. But everything like that, I was always like having to self-taught myself 
which comes to the point of me saying like, I'm trying to, because I can see myself in them of like, if I see a junior or something, someone that's like, Hey, can you give me a feedback on my portfolio? Or, hey, can you, um, can you, you know, help me out with uh, this or that? Or do you have time? I'm sorry to bother you. I always take a bit of my time. If I don't, of course, I'm just going to tell them I'm going to reply to you later or something, but I always try to because I know where, how the industry can be tough onto them. And you know, that message will like, make a world of difference to them it it will be nothing to you as like someone that's already made it like but paying it forward just remembering what it was like for you when you were coming up in the industry and, and mm. learning just getting a response from someone you know yeah if it's like a you know a junior at your favorite place that you want to go and work at like it means so much from the, the student perspective um yeah and yeah, like I, I'm, I'm all for it, Prime. Like, uh, you know, if anyone that I'm mentoring, you know, is listening to this, they know that, like, you know, sometimes I'll take like a day to reply or uh, two days. Um, my responses are usually quite short as well, but you know, I, I always do try and get back to to people because it's yeah. so important. It's so important because as a student, it can feel like you're literally shouting at the wind, um, and you know. I'm not gonna knife to you. And there is moments where, while I was training my ass off, like, like I told you, after a year and a half or two in the previous job, I was like already knowing that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And that's where I kind of started learning the process to becoming environment or prop artist, at least in the industry. And um. Sorry, what we were saying a second ago, I just forgot to the the, the feeling, the final thought I was uh, trying to have. Yeah, yeah, just um, just about students and how replying to them can can mean the world to them and stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's no, I forgot my. Gone. <laughs> oh my gone. god! <laughs> oh, sorry, nah, I had something in mind and I forgot my 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 thought. So. When you when you wanted to switch to games, was that born out of a passion of for games, or just because you wanted to pivot from what you were currently doing? You were, you were not happy with doing what you were doing anymore, and you you thought that would be a good change. To be fair, like for me, it's more like I wanted to do something that I always admired. Yeah, like I'm a big cinephile. I'm a big like video game uh, enjoyer and uh, big gamer, let's say. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I was always like, oh, Jesus, that's so freaking cool. I, I want to be part of it. I want to be one of those guys that has his name in the credits and stuff. That's so freaking cool. <laughs> and yeah, that, that's literally my, my main, you know, motivation to do that. It's just that's kind of like why I wanted to do comic books as well, as well, because it's more, it, it was something that I was like, it's something that you do for people, for the public, something that they will, they will enjoy. Like you will see me often like going on, uh, for example, Star Citizen Discord or something, just interacting with the fan because I just love seeing, uh, them enjoying your work recently or something. Even if you don't interact with the chat and just, 
just watching them talking about your work and it's just a good feeling to to see that what you create with your hands is so appreciated by people that's something i love about our communities they are insane in the best way (laughs) yeah it's like sometimes i'll make props and and you know the community will make them in real life and they bring them to events and you know they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll mention you on twitter and stuff and just seeing yeah. the interaction is really, really nice. And a lot of it's positive interaction. Um, I remember when I was working on Ghost Recon, the Ghost Recon fans are a bit savage. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, I remember the the, the the thing like uh, with your weapons. Oh, it's not uh, realistic because of this or because of oh, that. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Weapon artists are elitist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, the community is, the community is lovely. Um you know, this is this is this is one of the reasons of why I've been, you know, with the subject without saying anything. Um, I was being insistent with this new thing that I wanted to do because I didn't want to bring something not that good to them. I really wanted to be like, "Fuck yeah, we have this for us. This is fucking cool, right?" Yeah. yeah. For for the good impact that I was talking about. Uh-huh. That, that's that, that's part of the reason of it. Yeah, understandable. We won't mention anything on it on here though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was like, I'm, <laughs> was I'm like, not gonna say like, anything. Is that a lawyer outside with a gun? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's public, so we can say that there's a goodie pack, but I'm not gonna say more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have a uh, Chris Roberts turning up at my. <laughs> Yeah, no. Nah, FBI, open up. It's um, yeah, it's very important to be passionate about your project and stuff. Very important. Um, I I know a lot of people. I've, I've worked with people in the past that have not been passionate at all, and it it kind of just you're almost working against the team when, mm. when you take that mindset. But you know, when you when you're working with passionate people, um, I mean, equally, it, it's. You know, when you're working with passionate people, it could be hard as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate balance. Mm, for, for me, it's just about ah, and that's the point I wanted to make, and I, I just reminded me because the, you of what you said. The thing is, I think it's all comes to being um, humble and mature. Mm-hmm. If you, you if you are like yeah, okay, you can be really passionate and and stuff but you have to understand that others might have different opinions as you and you can't control um them Does that makes sense yeah like if someone comes to you and say no that's what you did is not logical but you are like I- i'm not saying that you shouldn't take feedback when it's like constructive feedback take it but sometimes people come to you with their opinion and they almost feel, feel like you have to do this change because I don't feel like it's good. But if the argument is not good enough and not constructive enough, I would feel like don't listen to them. But don't be a dickhead about it. Like, don't say, no, your ideas are bullshit or something. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I don't agree with you. And that's it. It's just about kindness and maturity and... And I think it's something that a lot of young artists forget about because sometimes when I help, you know, students, 
on LinkedIn and stuff. I'm like, oh, like I do feel like what obvious mistakes, right? Like for example, uh, an object that is like too sharp that is not chamfer and stuff like this, right? Yeah. I'm telling that to that student I have in mind, and he's just like, yeah, I don't think I, I don't, I, I, I think it's still good what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, that's a good prop. I agree with you. It's like really good looking. But I think if you just add this little chamfer there for the bonds of lighting and stuff, it's going to be better. And they are like, no. just not responding. <laughs> oh, and yeah, yeah, it's a bit like, bro, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's the kind of like behavior towards your work. Yeah, it's like, you know, we're taking time to help you with your work, so you should take the time to make sure your own work is good. Yeah. You know, if you're willing to give up on your work when there's, you know, feedback, why why should anyone else put in effort if, like, you you know... It's also that, you know, it's like the the, the idea of being the big brother in a a brotherhood relationship, right? Like, we know where you are at, we have been where you're at, and we are just telling you to not make the mistake as we did. Yeah. And if you are like, yeah, yeah, we are just trying to make you avoid the mines. (laughs) And and if we take the time to help you, like we, it's not, uh, if we are being critic about some some stuff, like, of course we are, Mm -hmm. at least on my side, I'm trying not to be a dickhead about it, but I'm trying to make you grow. Like don't take, um, feedback from a better artist than you as a bad thing make it like a motivation thing like i remember the first time i was uh, making my one of my first props and i sh- did show it to uh, a friend that it was at to be soft at the time and after an hour call with him he talked about me to me about the normals you know uh, thing that i didn't know the chamfers um the baking and stuff and I promise you, after an hour, even though I was proud of my art, I was like, I feel so shit. <laughs> because I was like, what I did was not enough. And even though I put so much energy into it, and then I just slipped into it. And the next morning, I was like, you know what? He took the time to help me. He was not fine. It was a friend. So I know he was not meaning being mean about it. He was just trying to help me out by facing me towards my issues. And I just said, okay, I'm going to start over and making a new prop. And I just take into account this thing. And I just improved. And I think it's always about that. It's like you're always going to face a wall and try to climb it up and so on. Even today, like when I'm facing a wall in my art, I'm always going to you or the others and or even Nate, which is my art director. Uh, and I say, I'm just blocked here. Can you help me out with how to phase that up? Because I really don't know what to do. Or even other artists, like, it's always good to see other insights and because you are always growing as an artist, I think. Definitely, definitely. I think, I think you raised some really good points. It's it's all about that resilience because it's just like you, like, that's why I, I was laughing is because, you know, that first time you go to someone in industry, you almost convince yourself that your work is like industry standard and ready. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm going to get a job at like, uh, you know, Naughty Dog working on God of War. It's going to be amazing. Like my work's amazing. You send it to like an artist and they're like, 
wow, this needs a lot of work. And you're like, mm. Wait, what? And it completely blindsides you. You're like, what, what do you mean? This guy's an asshole. He's like, you know, he's saying all these horrible things. And like, you know, an hour of feedback later and you just, you don't want to do it anymore. It just feels horrible. And like, honestly, the that is the skill. It's, it's being able to wake yeah. up the next day and go, right, you know, this guy's knocked my work to pieces. We can either just give up and publish it as it is, or we can like take it apart and and start again and and rebuild and and you know that second time rebuilding it's so much more stronger because you've got you know feedback you know what to look out for you're you're thinking differently as an artist and when you're in the industry your <clears throat> your mindset will change so much but every time it changes it gets stronger and your work gets stronger and you're looking out for more things and that's why when you get feedback from someone that's been in the industry for so long you know that they're considering everything they've been through every single bit of feedback they've ever got throughout their career um and they're doing it because ultimately they want you to produce the best work you possibly can yeah definitely yeah man i'm thinking about this now but I had something that I had in mind and I think it's worth if any juniors is listening. Don't uh, put yourself down to just get a job in the industry. And what I mean by that is, again, I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> I don't want to have any problems, but so I did apply for a couple of jobs in the industry and they literally put me down or offered me a job that was really uh, not good or, you know, it, it was literally like not good for young artists. And you you could say like, oh, that's all right. I'm going to be a young artist in that. It, it's just what it is when you are junior, right? And you shouldn't always try to see how the company mentality is because it's what, okay, it's good to work in an industry that is making something cool, but your happiness and mental health matters even more. And I know you could say, oh, it's easy to say that when, you know, you are already in the industry. But I did put down a couple of jobs before entering CIG because they were really like being, I'm just going to say it, assholes <laughs> towards you. And I, I had one who literally uh, put me marks on my artist and with an impossible artist. If you see an, a, a company that offers you an artist that is unhealthy and kind of impossible, they literally had asked me to do two, uh, two assets in like eight hours and with baking and stuff like, it's it's too much in in eight hours, and at the end I got like a mark for it, and I was like, "You, <laughs> you put me a mark, even though your deadline was like almost impossible to attain. Like even on my previous job, we couldn't have handled this. Like even today, I would never ask to have those deadlines to a junior. So I was like, nah. if you see those red flags, <laughs> it's probably not a good place to work at.'" And it's all right to say no, even if you feel like I shouldn't be picky for my first job. 
I do feel like be a tiny bit picky. Just know you know your worth, right? Know your worth exactly. Like I, I'm. A- you're not. You're not. Be, you are not worth being treated as a shit because you're a young artist. That's what I was gonna say. I remember back in the day, like when I was at uni, um, I I interviewed with Rockstar in Leeds, um, and they offered me an art test, but it was an art test. And basically, if you were successful, you get put on a list for a job that didn't exist yet. Uh. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not going to spend two weeks like doing something for, for something that doesn't exist. Like that That's not on. You're saying that like I've got to prove myself for a job you're not even hiring for yet. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very silly. And I turned it down. Um, and... You know, I think a lot of people would look at a rock star job and be like, that would be amazing. But yeah, like, it it didn't exist. So it was essentially taking two weeks to, to do something that wouldn't be paid, wouldn't have a job at the end of it. And it was just pointless. <clears throat> so yeah, you need to you need to look out for that kind of stuff. It, yeah, it's something that you always feel bad. Like, as a junior, you're like, yeah, but how if, if I don't go through that i would never have a job in industry i would say that's not true like that experience i told you about literally two weeks later (laughs) i had the offer from cig uh from my hundreds of applications everywhere (laughs) like sometimes life can be you know grateful if you put the energy into it i think uh louis is it all right if we have a tiny break really quick yeah, sure. One sec. Uh, and we're back. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. How do, you, how do you say toilet break in French? Um, pipi. <laughs> <laughs> for the ones, for the French people in there, <laughs> who listens to it will understand what I mean. <laughs> it's like we um, um, wee break kind of thing. <laughs> dangerous um, man dangerous man having a Frenchman on the team <laughs> especially a Belgian Frenchman right you, you know what Like, I do feel like even though French and English people I'm from Belgium so I'm, I don't have anything to do with both of you right but <laughs> I do feel like French and English people are literally kind of the same literally. and for some reason they hate each other and I don't know why but to me, they are literally the same kind of people. They just have a scene between them. <laughs> maybe maybe that is <clears throat> that's the reason. <laughs> just in a different locations, like ah them. Yeah yeah. Them <laughs> it, it, it's it's kind of a strange one. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're gonna move on to now, right? So I've already like I've given you enough time to prep for this. I gave him like a minute before we came back on. I want to know three pieces of advice that you would give to your younger self. And it can be about working in the games industry. It could be about mental health. It can be mm. about how much, how much veg versus meat you should eat in a meal. It could be anything you want. Mm. Okay. I would say related to work 
I would I would say like n- try to know where what you want to do and think about it like I'm gonna do that all the time and because I, before coming to CIG or any job in the industry right I was like I like character art I like environment art I like prop art I love VFX I love video games what do I do like I just want to work in that kind of field right. I would say try to, if you have to try the different things and in the end there's one that really calls you out more than the others, because that was my issue, right? I like to do character art as much as environment and prop, but I had a bit more fun doing prop. I I, I like the idea. I'm someone who likes to change a lot of things in life. I don't like to do all the time the same thing. So for me, prop is kind of like the best thing because once I'm finished with it, I can actually start something new from the start. And my mind is always like having something new to do. And I like that. And I really like that. So I would say from, if you can, try to know what you want to do. Because knowing what you want to do quite early, uh, you will know what energy you have to put into your portfolio. Because if you have to find my portfolio right now, which I haven't updated in like three three years, by the way. Post in uh, the description. <laughs> it's all about, the, you see a bit of everything. You see of environment art, you see prop art, you see uh, uh, characters, you see the paintings. It, it's, yeah, it's not like an actual good portfolio for, I would say, a young artist. It's good quality, I think, but it's not, it's a bit of everywhere. Um, the other thing that I could say, try to, it's okay to be a bit selfish in the sense of, I always in my life felt like I had to, to live for the others and not for myself. And it's something that I kind of had to learn the hard way. When I came here in, uh, in in the UK, because we have such a different culture, right? Yeah, we're um, assholes over here. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. It's more. <laughs> it's more. You're in the UK. I feel like we are. There's more individuality, and where I'm from, and maybe it's not maybe the country, maybe it's just my education in my family and stuff like this, right? But we are way much more about family and friends, and. This is the thing I had to kind of like learn a hard way to just be, because changing country where you leave all your families and friends and girlfriend, because I did um, leave my girlfriend when I was moving here was kind of like hard. Um, and you have to rebuild all this in a different environment with a different language. And, and it's okay. It takes time. It's going to be hard, but. Um, don't, don't try to bring what you had home here because it's different kind of thing. It's kind of hard to explain, but live for yourself, live for yourself. Exactly. Because, um, at first I was like feeling a bit like, um, you know, um, our friend, um, um, shit, I forgot his name now. You know, that was from Hungaria. Uh, Bulgaria, sorry. Wait. Miroslav. 
he had like yeah, yeah he, he was like having homesickness right and i was feeling the same way as him i was feeling homesick but in a way i was like bro you have amazing friends here you have you lewis i have dan sophie at the time and so on and so on and i'm like you just have to make yourself at home here and that's all and everything's gonna come along with it uh, so i would say yeah i would say that to my old self which is just two years old but <laughs> but and also um, what's the third one a third one mm-hmm. You're usually full of wisdom. What you? <laughs> What's going on, bro? I love I, I love philosophy. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Read. Yeah, <laughs> Flashback to yeah. that's something I always like said to my dad. is a big reader and friends as well. He's a big reader, and I was always always like, nah, that's not my thing, and so on. And I just started by you know, as I was trying to work a bit on myself and being feeling better and stuff. I just started to start reading stuff that was really interested to me. And turns out it's a lot about philosophy and stuff. And yeah, I just have now like 20 books just about philosophy. And <laughs> Yeah, no, I remember coming to meet up with you and you were sat like in the park, <laughs> relaxing, reading a book like, like some movie poster. <laughs> it was insane. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's some some good insights there, mate. And and I always enjoy talking to you about these kind of topics because I feel like we relate on a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. We both like. To That's why I love to talk to you about it as well. And uh, <laughs> also, yeah, happy boys. So. Mm. One thing I wanted to—I don't know if you have enough time—but yeah, yeah. I thought about this um, recently, and I think it's a good to know for younger artists. I do feel like going through um, application from Artstation, uh, Indeed, or all those kind of websites, you know, to find a job is okay. But to me, at least it didn't work out. And it's my best friend who showed me this. Um, and that's how they, you know, HR from different companies, at least in VFX departments, but I'm seeing in video games kind of like the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They were telling them in that school that if they want to uh, find a job, the best way is through LinkedIn. And it's okay. Do me- send message, message them, but be polite. Be not insistent. Learn that people like you, they're going to have like hundreds and hundreds of people. Even though if, if, you could even say thousands. And just be mindful. Like before I got the job at CIG, it took me a year and a half. So the first time I applied was in 2019, I think. It didn't went through, but I didn't get the job. Six months later, they uh, posted a new job again on their website, but I uh, applied again, but I couldn't because the website was saying, you already applied to this. But I was like, it's been six months. <laughs> So what I did was going through LinkedIn, say, hello, I saw the job. I want to apply, but I couldn't do a second time. Um, uh, so is it all right if I, uh, you know, 
from here offer you my uh, application and stuff. Uh, which I got a message saying, oh, thank you very much. We're going to take it into account. But I didn't message like the day after. I waited like a week, a week or two, I think. Message again saying, hello, do you have any news about it? Um, that HR said, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, we did uh, went through it, but in the end, the application is not on anymore. Um, because, um, um, they don't need any more, any properties at the time. So I waited again. A couple of months later, I decided, you know what? I'm going to do a fan art and learn the workflow of the company, which I think is a good thing for, uh, juniors to learn how people are working at CIG. And it's fine, I think, to message them and say, Hey, I want to learn to work for you. Can you give me any sources or how you guys work? What's for your everyday job and stuff? Because that's one of the environment artists at CIGU did for me. Um, but I had the luck that it was a friend that I was in school with. Um, so he sent me like, uh, YouTube videos, uh, articles, uh, other art station, you know, um, application of other artists and stuff like this. Because sometimes some artists post their artists, right? So I just learned. I self-taught myself about how you guys work. Oh, you use palms, you use uh, decals, uh, tieable materials, and so on and so on, right? So I learned all this thing, and I tried to apply it to a concept art I found um, on one of the artists who uh, did concept art for CIG. And I tried to find like something that was kind of like different from what they usually is already on, right? Because we already see like the same kind of props that is being done as an artist or even environment stuff, you know? So it's the same one that we see come back. And I'm like, I want to do something different. And I just took one and just applied that workflow. And I showed how I work, how I think about it. I even went to the point of, I've been a bit extra with it. That prop, I make it into context and I make it work in Unreal Engine. Like it's like a cargo lifter, I think it was. That comes. I done the container as well. My cargo lifter came, took the the cargo container, lift it off, fly away, drop it, take another one, and so on and so on. Because that was the intention of that prop, right? And I think it's always nice, even me, if I see someone that's going, doing a bit extra work and not just doing, I just done the art, here it is, kind of thing. At least in my opinion, maybe you don't share that, Louis, but yeah, I think it's always appreciative to to see that someone is always willing to do a bit more than just doing the bare minimum and their bare work. I think like I think when you go to that extreme to do things like more often than not, at the end of the day, a company's looking for the right fit for their team, right? So you yeah, yeah. tick all those boxes. If you can do everything that's required required of it, right? Then you're you're essentially doing what they want. Yeah. And in that scenario, right, yeah, you've you've made this prop, it works, you're ticking all those boxes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And especially at a place like, you know, CIG where, you know, we're not just responsible for the art, we're responsible for, you know, making that art work within the, you know, the technical systems we've got in place, right? Whether it be a camera, mm-hmm. whether it be animated, whether it be, um, you know, cargo grid stuff, Um it all works together. And, and if you could demonstrate that technical knowledge, you're going to be in a better position. Um, yeah. And even if, 
if the the role kind of expires or whatever it doesn't matter like for for the right candidate and the right skills they'll they might you know try and hire just based on you know the skill of that individual i've seen it where like a position maybe hasn't actually been available um but they've opened one when they've found a candidate they really want or you know if say for example an artist goes somewhere else and comes back you know they'll do that they'll do that for the right candidate the one that they know will go the extra mile and put that experience in mm, i agree it's always appreciative to see like hey i've done this but i thought if i could do that on even if it's just smaller right it's like you do something and you're like i've took the opportunity to do that on top of it because i thought it was looking cool and stuff for me it's like yeah bro like that's 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 freaking cool <laughs> it's like imagine you have to do a i don't know i'm gonna say bullshit but you have to do a um, trash bin right and in the the game you're like i've done the trash bin but i went into putting also the animation of uh, you press your foot there and you see the cap lifting up and it just plays an animation of you throwing something into it with your foot you know on the paddle and stuff like that i think that's just a tiny bit more it's not giving much more to it but it's cool looking and that's the extra stuff i always feel like that's cool that you think about this and not just being yeah yeah as well yeah and to come back to what i was saying like after doing that fine art sorry fan art um, and it's been six months since the last, oh, no, sorry, two or three months after the last message. I sent it back to that HR saying, hello, I know you haven't, you're not looking for an anim- uh, or anything, but I just wanted to show you I've done this. Um, I wanted to learn to be a good, um, a good opportunity, a good artist for you guys. And, and yeah, if you could show it to any of, you know, the leads or anything. And get feedback that would be really helpful, uh, which apparently he did. He did send it to, I don't know who, you know, even company, I don't know, but I know he sent it to Environment and to Corey. And he even came back like, uh, the next day, I think he asked me like, uh, for, by any question, what do you look for to work in the industry? And just by that, I already knew, like, oh, they actually look into it and they are interested. Yeah, I've got their attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm actually um, into working in the both. But if I have to choose, it would be more props. I, have, I had to be honest. Like, that, that's the moment where I decide what do you want to do, right? And that's come back to what we were saying earlier. What do you actually want to do? And I was like, yeah, I, if I could, uh, environment, a uh, prop. If you guys think I would be a better fit in the environment, just bring me into the environment. It's a, um, it's a good example of, uh, you know, when you've got the skill set for both, but have to come down to that decision, it's really thinking about what you're going to be doing on that day to day. Yeah. I think props is such a versatile, I don't know about you on your, on at least on PU, but for us, at least on Squadron, there's so many times where I'm doing prop art but sometimes I have to do some environment art, which is like minimalistic, but it's still kind of like fun in a way because, you know, like I'm working on a ship that I'm not going to say the name. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, don't. And I'm just fixing like the, the the med bay and stuff like this. I'm fixing stuff inside of it, which looks cool. 
And it, it's that tiny bit of like, I had to do this, but I went into it and fixed some stuff because I do think that would look better. And you showed that to your art director and he's like, that's so cool. Even though you're just a prop artist, you have the skill set to do some environmental art as well. But of course, with the consent of your art director, <laughs> don't do changes because you wanted to. Yeah, no. Um, always listen to the art director. Exactly. <laughs> this, this is the big man. <laughs> uh, but uh, I know he has always been like, uh, when I have ideas like this, I always come to him and I'm like, hey, can I change that tiny bit? It would take me 10 minutes. And he's like, okay, go for it. <laughs> Those are the best art directors, you know. They should be people that are approachable that you can have a conversation with and you know discuss because they're not always correct. But yeah, I love Nate. Experience to to drive those decisions. So Nate is amazing for that. He's always like, if if you think that will look better, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, like after you know um, doing this to a DHR, I waited again for months. And I didn't send it again because I didn't want to look like a, you know, a fucking four. I don't know how you say that in English, but we call that a forceur in French, which is like, you're just pushing, pushing and pushing. And it's like, you're being annoying. And I didn't want to be that guy. So I just was like, you know what? I've sent already like a couple of messages. I send it. HR is positively replying to it. So I'm just going to wait. And five months later, I remember I just went out of a massage room with my best friend because he got uh, graduated and I wanted to offer him like a massage and stuff. Um, we went out and I see that message on LinkedIn saying, Hey, by any chance, uh, are you available for a call? Bro, I remember my heart <laughs> was beating so much. I was so full of joy and I just had to temper myself and say, okay, you have to reply professionally. <laughs> so I was like, yes, I'm available. I'm currently on a, on in France, so I can reply to you, but uh, I can be available on that day if you want to. But actually quite quick as well. I was not being like, you have to wait two weeks now. Yeah. I tried to be quite available to him, right? Um, That's important too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 we have to make time for them because HR, you don't even imagine. It looks like, you know, as other could think, it's like kind of like you just handle a company's problem. HR does way much more than that. It's such a hard job. And you have to just be understanding of that and let them the time to come back to you. Look at this. Like it took me five months to get like an actual positive answer of like, can we, you are not forgotten. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Maybe some companies does, but at least on CIG, I didn't get that feeling. And after that, I had my uh, negotiation for my um, salary and what I was expecting. And again, when it comes to that, um, I was, I don't remember if I said a number. I don't think I, I think I never gave a number when I negotiate money. But the only thing I said is like, uh, I know you guys give opportunity, fine, offers and fine, give a, a lot of benefits and stuff. So I want an opportunity to work with you and I don't want money to be in the way. I think that's what I said to the, that guy. And you really like that. And I know that it took a lot, another four months after that 
uh, of that conversation with uh, that HR um, to get an actual um, response from um, um, Corey, I think, to um, to have an artist. And yeah, it was a long process, like a year and a half, like I was saying, but you have to be patient. Everything comes in time. If you are, if you stay polite, kind, uh, empathetic, having a lot of empathy, I think, brings you everywhere in life. Um, and yeah. <laughs> You've got to be ready and they've got to be ready. I think I've said it before on one of the other episodes, but like my favorite saying is uh, luck is when opportunity and preparation meet. <laughs> That's a good one. Which is a, yeah, it's like my favorite saying of the year. <laughs> yeah. But it's so true. Like, you know, your, your preparation, you know, the opportunity was there, it went, but then you prepared and then another opportunity came out of it. And then yeah, you know it's when, when so. you you know what I, when I was younger and I was listening because I was listening to post podcasts like these ones. <laughs> um, I always hated when people were saying that, but now that I'm here, I'm like, that's actually so true. It's true, yeah. It's... If you're being true to yourself, being patient, and again, like I was saying, have plans, you know, for the future. Don't think like. If I don't have a job industry, uh, my life is a failure. No. Sometimes it takes a bit longer and some people can have it like quicker than you. That's fine. Like my plan A was working, you know, for a year, uh, like hard. And I had the luck to have, you know, my dad as a supporter a lot for me. I have to say that I had that. I really had the luck of being able to be with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I did still pay a loan, not a loan, um, a rent to him because, you know, bills. Uh, but it was minimalistic compared to what I would pay for an apartment, right? Um, I had this, but my plan here was get a job in the industry. And if I can't, it would be getting in school. And if I, after that school, I still hadn't had a job in the industry. My, my other plan was like, you do a smaller job. And even if it's part time, I keep living with my dad. And the time I have uh, left outside of that part time would be um, just working on having a better portfolio. But there's always plans, I think. And I would never say like give up, work on it. Sometimes the path is longer for others. It doesn't mean it's impossible. And I know it's hard, but like. Louis just said, like, if you work to it and work on being a good human, like, things go well. There we have it. Tom LaPonce, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Senior props artist and, and philosophy extraordinaire. No, no. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, not, Thank I'm you. no philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are, mate. Thank you so much for, for joining me this afternoon to have a chat. Um, it's been really awesome. Oh. Always a pleasure, man. You could, you know, you could find Tom on uh, ArtStation, Spotify, Tinder, all the uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the locations. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been a genuine pleasure, my friend. And uh, yeah, no, I think there's some really, really good advice um, to take away from from today.
for sure. Yeah. And don't be uh, shy if you want to ask any question on LinkedIn or anything. I'm always going to help you out if I can. Um, and of course, be patient. Yeah. Like some, ah, yes, we have, we have a lot of work these days. So it's going to be a bit hard for me to actually reply a lot. <laughs> yeah, I always reply, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, it doesn't mean I, I'm ignoring you. I'm just gonna take a while sometimes for me. But excellent, right? Thank you so much for listening to the Game Dev Origins podcast. We'll be back again next Monday uh, with John Tell from Flix Interactive, and uh, today Ooh. you'll be listening to uh, me, Lewis, and Tom Laponce. So we'll see you next week. Bye bye.